Part three, section five of the Age of Reason by Thomas Paine. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Book of Mark. There are but few passages in Mark called prophecies, and but few in Luke and John. Such as there are, I shall examine, and also such other passages as interfere with those cited by Matthew. Mark begins his book by a passage which he puts in the shape of a prophecy. Mark chapter 1, verse 1. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way before thee. Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. The passage in the original is in the first person. Mark makes this passage to be a prophecy of John the Baptist, said by the church to be a forerunner of Jesus Christ. But if we attend to the verses that follow this expression, as it stands in Malachi, and to the first and fifth verses of the next chapter, we shall see that this application of it is erroneous and false. Malachi, having said at the first verse, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. Says at the second verse, But who may abide the day of his coming, and who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. This description can have no reference to the birth of Jesus Christ, and consequently none to John the Baptist. It is a scene of fear and terror that is here described, and the birth of Christ is always spoken of as a time of joy and glad tidings. Malachi, continuing to speak on the same subject, explains in the next chapter what the scene is of which he speaks in the verses above quoted, and who the person is whom he calls the messenger. Behold, says he chapter four verse one the day cometh that shall burn like an oven and all the proud yea and all that do wickedly shall be stubble and the day cometh that shall burn them up saith the lord of hosts that it shall leave them neither root nor branch verse five behold i will send you elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. By what right, or by what imposition or ignorance, Mark has made Elijah into John the Baptist, and Malachi's description of the day of judgment into the birthday of Christ, I leave to the bishop to settle. Mark, in the second and third verses of his chapter, confounds two passages together taken from different books of the old testament the second verse behold i send my messenger before thy face which shall prepare the way before me is taken as i have said before from malachi the third verse which says the voice of one crying in the wilderness prepare ye the way of the lord make his path straight is not in malachi but in isaiah chapter forty verse three 
whiston says that both these verses were originally in isaiah if so it is another instance of the disordered state of the bible and corroborates what i have said with respect to the name and description of cyrus being in the book of isaiah to which it cannot chronologically belong the words in isaiah chapter forty verse three the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness prepare ye the way of the lord make his path straight are in the present tense and consequently not predictive it is one of those rhetorical figures which the old testament authors frequently used that it is merely rhetorical and metaphorical may be seen at the sixth verse and the voice said cry and he said what shall i cry all flesh is grass this is evidently nothing but a figure for flesh is not grass otherwise than as a figure or metaphor where one thing is put for another besides which the whole passage is too general and declamatory to be applied exclusively to any particular person or purpose i pass on to the eleventh chapter in this chapter mark speaks of christ riding into jerusalem upon a colt but he does not make it the accomplishment of a prophecy as matthew has done for he says nothing about a prophecy instead of which he goes on the other tack and in order to add new honours to the ass he makes it to be a miracle for he says verse two it was a colt whereon never man sat signifying thereby that as the ass had not been broken he consequently was inspired into good manners for we do not hear that he kicked jesus christ off there is not a word about his kicking in all the four evangelists i pass on from these feats of horsemanship performed upon a jackass to the fifteenth chapter at the twenty-fourth verse of this chapter mark speaks of parting christ's garments and casting lots upon them but he applies no prophecy to it as matthew does he rather speaks of it as a thing than in practice with executioners as it is at this day at the twenty-eighth verse of the same chapter mark speaks of christ being crucified between two thieves that says he the scriptures might be fulfilled which saith and he was numbered with his transgressors the same thing might be said of the thieves this expression is in isaiah chapter fifty three verse twelve grotius applies it to jeremiah but the case has happened so often in the world where innocent men have been numbered with transgressors and is still continually happening that it is absurdity to call it a prophecy of any particular person all those whom the church calls martyrs were numbered with transgressors all the honest patriots who fell upon the scaffold in france in the time of robespierre were numbered with transgressors 
and if himself had not fallen the same case according to a note in his own handwriting had befallen me yet i suppose the bishop will not allow that isaiah was prophesying of thomas paine these are all the passages in mark which have any reference to prophecies mark concludes his book by making jesus to say to his disciples chapter sixteen verse fifteen go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved but he that believeth not shall be damned fine popish stuff this and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name they shall cast out devils they shall speak with new tongues they shall take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover now the bishop in order to know if he has all this saving and wonder-working faith should try those things upon himself he should take a good dose of arsenic and if he please i will send him a rattlesnake from america as for myself as i believe in god and not at all in jesus christ nor in the books called the scriptures the experiment does not concern me i pass on to the book of luke there are no passages in luke called prophecies excepting those which relate to the passages i have already examined luke speaks of mary being espoused to joseph but he makes no references to the passage in isaiah as matthew does he speaks also of jesus riding into jerusalem upon a colt but he says nothing about a prophecy he speaks of john the baptist and refers to the passage in isaiah of which i have already spoken in the thirteenth chapter verse thirty one he says the same day there came certain of the pharisees saying unto him jesus get thee out and depart hence for herod will kill thee and he said unto them go ye and tell that fox behold i cast out devils and i do cures to-day and to-morrow and the third day i shall be perfected matthew makes herod to die whilst christ was a child in egypt and makes joseph to return with the child on the news of herod's death who had sought to kill him luke makes herod to be living and to seek the life of jesus after jesus was thirty years of age for he says chapter three verse twenty three and jesus began to be about thirty years of age being as was supposed the son of joseph the obscurity in which the historical part of the new testament is involved with respect to herod may afford to priests and commentators a plea which to some may appear plausible but to none satisfactory that the herod of which matthew speaks and the herod of which luke speaks were different persons matthew calls herod a king and luke 
chapter 3, verse 1, calls Herod Tetrarch, that is, governor, of Galilee. But there could be no such person as a King Herod, because the Jews and their country were then under the dominion of the Roman emperors, who governed then by tetrarchs or governors. Luke chapter 2 makes Jesus to be born when Quirinius was governor in Syria, to which government Judea was annexed. And according to this, Jesus was not born in the time of Herod. Luke says nothing about Herod seeking the life of Jesus when he was born, nor of his destroying the children under two years old, nor of Joseph fleeing with Jesus into Egypt, nor of his returning from thence. On the contrary, the book of Luke speaks as if the person it calls Christ had never been out of Judea, and that Herod sought his life after he commenced preaching as is before stated. I have already shown that Luke, in the book called the Acts of the Apostles, which commentators ascribe to Luke, contradicts the accounts in Matthew with respect to Judas and the thirty pieces of silver. Matthew says that Judas returned the money, and that the high priests bought with it a field to bury strangers in. Luke says that Judas kept the money and bought a field with it for himself. As it is impossible the wisdom of God should err, so it is impossible those books could have been written by divine inspiration. Our belief in God and his unerring wisdom forbids us to believe it. As for myself, I feel religiously happy in the total disbelief of it. There are no other passages called prophecies in Luke than those I have spoken of. I pass on to the book of John. End of part three, section five.